episode 66 of Homestyle Green. This week, I talked to Phil Gregg from Tauranga, who's saving between 10 and 30% of people's power bills, and he's doing it for free. Welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. I'm the host of the show, Matthew Cutler-Welsh. This is the show that aims to inspire people to make a better place to live. And I have been speaking to another person who's interested in making the Bay of Plenty a better place to live. Now, we've had a few uh, guests on the show who have been involved with social enterprises or putting things together on a bit of a shoestring. Back in episode 24, I spoke to Monique Alfres, who is doing an amazing project over in India, selling and creating um, small solar-powered lights for villages and setting up a social enterprise based around microfinance to help people uh, in that country provide uh, better light and therefore better health in their homes. Uh, then, of course, 33, episode 33, I spoke with Phil McLean, who was – he had a sort of research grant, but he was essentially doing stuff off his own back to think about a different way of building what he called the stretch and grow house. Uh, so great concept. Go check out, check out that episode if you haven't heard it. And then uh, episode 44, I spoke to a couple of – Architects Danny Squires and Martin Luff, who got a bit disenfranchised with the architecture industry and and basically spent, well, and are continuing to spend most of their time dedicated to the cause of creating the Wiki House and are still working away at that with mostly their savings and their own energy and input going into that. And I was thinking about, uh, particularly in the case of Monique, uh, very well to go and have an adventure in a in a country like that when you're young and fairly free. Totally another thing, though, to take on a challenge like that, um, social enterprise or something, just because you feel passionate about it and you have a real earnest drive to do things differently. Um, particularly when you've got a family in tow and you've got other responsibilities. And at the end of the day, we, we do need to make some money if we're going to live in the society that we're in. And that is the situation that brothers Nick and Phil Gregg are in in the Bay of Plenty in Tauranga. They used to work for a company called Energy Options, which was going to close down, and they decided that their region needed them to carry on doing some of the work they were involved in. So I've been in touch with um, Phil and Nick. I had a great catch-up with them uh, mid-last year and have been in touch with them since. But the other day I got an email from Phil and he was asking for some help for a project that he has just embarked on. So I thought it'd be good to get him on the show, and I started out by asking Phil why he does what he does. I suppose a few years ago, um, uh, Energy Options wound up, which was a company based out of Whakatane, and it was helping householders. And from there, I was working with Nick 
uh, my brother there, and he was the CEO. And and you started seeing there was this bigger, wider picture, you know, of New Zealanders that needed help. And I suppose the common theme that came out of it was is that everybody was caught in this uh, media cycle where they'd be watching advertising, thinking those were solutions for them. Yeah. And 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 we decided that. You know, they, they were just led astray or potentially they got disillusioned because they'd invest in some pretty, um, I suppose, big changes to their homes or or to their lives to try and, um, I suppose, solve problems in their life or become sustainable, you know, to, to um, be, I suppose, um, healthy and look after the family. But unfortunately, they get disillusioned because a lot of what they see is um, possibly in the wrong order of what they need to do, or they'll give them bad advice. So we thought that we'd set up a free service where we'd go to people's homes and help them understand sustainability. Now, now remember, sustainability is not just about being green. Uh Um, Sustainability to us is about, it's it's a multitude of things it's about energy, ecology, water, um, the environment. And, and, and more importantly, it's also about community. It's, you know, and community is a big one in itself, you know, getting people to think community-minded again. Yeah. And I suppose the, um, the way we can travel and the way we can talk on the internet or just do everything on the internet is taking some of that community out of it and people have forgotten a little bit, a bit about that. So we thought, well, We'll start start up a free advice, and we wanted to get into every house to start within the Bay of Plenty. Every and house in the Bay of Plenty. Every house in the Bay of Plenty. Did you have a timeline for that? No, not really. Um, I, I think you know the bigger picture is is we wanted to go further than just the Bay of Plenty. But um, at this stage, we've been doing it eighteen months. We've got through um, six hundred and as of sort of. 30, you know, start of this year, 670-odd houses, and um, we sit down and talk to people face-to-face and and about sustainability. And, and it's about their journey to sustainability. That might be energy. You know, a lot of it's about trying to get their um, energy and water bills down. There are some that are further down the track and have a, a broader, want a broader overview, whether that's be um, worm farming, um, you know, sort of more natural type living, but yeah. the majority of it is around energy and water because it's about costs. It's about how can I be warmer. So it's about health costs, um, and we try and give them. I won't call it a map. I suppose it's a bit like a compass. We'll we'll break down what's going on in their home at the moment and how they're doing things, and we'll just give them what they can do or what the possibilities are and how much it'll cost them. And possibly we also try and help them to know where to go. Right. Because we found that if people were to get on these journeys, they need to know all the little things as well as the big things. And we're not necessarily giving them a a list that's numbered. We're giving them a list and they'll pick away at what they think is important to them at that point in time that's going to suit their budget. Um, And they can then go and if they need to, do further research on that list. But the idea is is we're giving them a lot of the the answers. 
And that takes away a lot of the research for them and allows them to make those steps. And half the time when they make those steps, because we did a little research project with ECA, and we found that the majority of people took the little steps to start with. And, and those right. were amazing, you know, because we'd never had any antidotal evidence before. We, we, we'd assumed, you know, based on your visit when you come out of there and people were um, buzzing and they're feeling really good about it and they talk to their friends that they they were doing something, which you never knew because mm. they lapsed back into their old ways of doing things. But we were finding through this research project where we went back to people sort of three months later that they were. And they, you know, some of them said, and it was this was about energy, you know, to do with eco. And, then, and they were saying we saved a minimum of 10% and some of them up to 30% of their power bills just by doing the little things. They hadn't gone forward and done some of the bigger capital things. But So what were, what are some of those um, small things? that oh, The little things would be um, going down to Briscoe's, for instance, and buying draft stops for their doors. Um, it right. would be understanding how their lighting works as far as how much it's costing them with their current um, bulbs and, and even and then telling them where they can get the right bulbs and giving them the brand name and giving them the because you know it's also about stuff lasting you know there's heaps of eco bulbs out there but if they don't last they get disillusioned and they'll yep. go to the old bulbs or they might have been buying warm white or or um, daylights where their particular eyesight or age usually didn't like that style of light. So it was just educating them around those things so that yeah, they right. wow, you know, I've, I've been disillusioned for the wrong reasons. Yeah, because some people so, did get off on the wrong foot with the early uh, CFLs. Yeah, that's right, and then the media doesn't help and, you know, the politics that went behind it. And, and then it was educating them on, um, you know, if you took lighting even further down the track, you know, halogens, LEDs, all that sort of stuff. So those, you know, light bulbs is a little one, but it can have a major consequence on your power bill. Yeah, well, 10, 10 to 30% uh, savings is a impressive result for just doing small things. Yeah, it is. And and, and I say small in the sense of um, some of them are still two or $300 investments, but small when you consider whether it be solar power, solar hot water, yeah. insulation, um, heat, um, heat pump hot water, you know, some of those things, or, you know, so... Um, or major alterations. So they, these were small, but they, they were little steps that people were willing to take. And, and once they embraced, you know, they take those little steps and they may find a difference on their power bill, mm. they, they get more excited and they're taking other steps forward and, you know, and they're um, deciding to take some responsibility because yeah. we just want people to take responsibility for what's going on in their world. And, How you know, do you do what? you do for free uh, <laughs> yeah good question it is very difficult um not having been paid for 18 months it, it, it requires a little bit of um sustainability in our own lives right um but we've started in the earlier stages um we had a plan a, a little business plan but it really didn't work that way so we moved on and we started doing um, some of, because people started to say, hey, why can't we buy a few? So on the little stuff, we still don't because we want to be seen as independent. If we've seen right. the selling, that's, that just takes away the kudos from what we're doing. And I don't mean kudos in the way of um, 
people coming and patting us on the back, it's kudos, meaning it's independent, right. and, and they can have a bit of faith and trust in us, even if we do say some of the wrong things. Because remember, we're learning from everyone else. We're learning through training, blog sites, learning uh, what other people have experienced in their homes. We, we're just the sort of um, conduit to redirect it and help people you know, get the information. And was that independence a really key part of your initial business plan? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, people that have faith in people, you know, they want to know that um, this is because you know. Remember all the marketing and sales pitches that people might be doing. Ultimately, they're just trying to find another way to sell a product. Yep. So, what was the what was your model, and how did it? Like, what didn't work, and how did it change? Well, it didn't. Our, our original model was to go and give independent advice, give, say, a bunch of um, suppliers where they could get some of that independent advice um, product from, and hopefully, and then those suppliers at some point would come back and, you know, um, pay us a commission. Right. That doesn't sound very independent, so that was one of our little problems. We didn't, and we're thinking, oh, you know, that doesn't work. But we also found a lot of businesses didn't necessarily honour their side of things, and, you know, right. when... Um, orders came through for, say, a water tank or something like that, we or a heat pump, we weren't paid. Right. Now, we were never going to take that out on the client, but it just sort of thought, well, just that, that, that doesn't work. Yep. And, and, in fact, we don't mind that it doesn't work because we don't feel very comfortable in that place. Right. But right. you still need to get paid. So, yep. you know, we, we need to live. Yeah. So along the way, I suppose people have heard of our journey and we've been uh, lucky enough to get, um, because, you know, you go into these homes and they suddenly say, actually, I own a business and I wouldn't mind knowing more about what I can do in my business. So we do, that's independent consultancy and we get paid for that. Right. Which is great. And some people would want to engage in some of those bigger actions, let's say uh, solar thermal or heat pump hot water or solar PV, and they want good product, good quality advice, and knowing that they're actually helping the community as a whole. Right, right. Because anything left over from those jobs then goes back into the community. Right, so people can pay for it uh, as a business service, and then that tops up the coffers for you to be able to go and provide the advice to other homeowners. Yeah, that's right. Interesting, uh, interesting that people are more willing to spend money on saving in their business but not on their own home budget. I think that's not quite the case. I think that um, some of what I was also saying in there is that some of these homeowners were also wanting us to do some of these bigger actions for them. Right. So that's how we got in. But we wanted to keep it to um, renewable-type energy solutions. Yep. So um, hence thermal, uh, solar thermal, or oh, and insulation. Right, right, insulation right. is a big part of what we do. Yep. Um, um, and solar PV. So we kept it to a couple of products, I suppose you could call it, um, actions, and that we would um, do those jobs and they therefore, you know, would help fund us along so you do now uh do you sell or do you do you um sort of uh, operate as an agent for for some products no we no no we we we, we don't offer as an operate as an agent we do this um the sell because then we've got to do if it's solar pv 
um, we can send about that market, you know, potentially where it's going to go. So right. we concerned in a in a good way. We're actually concerned in a bad way. We can see that it could end up like thermal, solar thermal did, you know, where solar thermal and solar PV are great things to engage in. But only if you do both of them or either one of them properly Mm. and you utilise good installers and you good product. If you don't, a lot of people end up on a fair go. The society gets disillusioned. Yeah, totally. And 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 in in reality, these are both the great things. But look at uh, solar thermal; it's dying. Yeah, die. It's you know. And really interesting, you mentioned insulation there because all all of those technologies are so dependent on the installer. Yes. And and commissioning and checking and and I and I don't think that traditional industries like builders and plumbers and uh, and electricians really. Uh, appreciate that. No, 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 and they can be their own worst enemies because yeah. unfortunately that industry, unlike let's say if we take fridges or freezers, you know, Fisher and Pike or Limited who would could promote their product. Um, so you could get a quality product and you paid a little bit more, but you knew it was a quality product. Yeah. A few years ago anyway. But nowadays, you know, uh, uh, the trade is not trained in um, presenting customer services, researching. They don't have the time, and this is not um, derogatory towards them. It's just, you know, they're hands-on. They yeah, don't yeah. have the time yeah. to um, really get involved in this stuff. So they end up going down the road and finding the cheapest product possible, yeah. not realising those consequences down the track. And um, so we've spent a lot of time also out there doing seminars and trying to educate the wider public. So that, that, that's a different part altogether. It's sort of, you know, but our main aim is always to get into households, as I you know, said at the start, and just make sure that we continue down that track. And all our thinking always comes back, is this going to compromise what we're doing here? Is this mm. going to clash? Is it going to deviate us from our first day and, and it's good when there's two of us because we can question each other because we can get excited or drift. So you mentioned 18 months without getting paid. Are you starting to, is that starting to turn the boat around? Are you starting to make some headway? Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, we are. You know, um, April was um, the first month we've gotten any um, income. Nice. And that was, yeah, it was. It was lovely. Um, awesome. And and it gives you hope, you know. You, you can um, hopefully will keep moving forward. I think, um, um, you know, more organisations as well as um, local government and things like that are recognising that, you know, we're not some fly-by-nighters. We're not yeah. using it as a marketing tool. We're, we're genuine in what we're trying to do. Well, and especially to be bucking the trend on the this end of the White New Zealand campaign, the trend is for a lot of companies to be struggling now that have relied on that. Uh, income revenue from selling insulation, particularly, mm. uh, and the fact that you you haven't relied on that, I guess, is, is one of your now competitive advantages that you, you you never relied on that in the first place. So you've you've got a different mindset from the start. Yeah, I, I, our thinking always at the start was is that we never set up as a charity. We never went for you know to try and be a charity. We're an altruistic business. We're um, a social enterprise. We're, we're trying to show the world, you know, not only by doing a lot of these things that we can still, you don't have to um, be rich. You don't have to make a huge amount of money. It's about 
look, let's make enough money to um, keep this business functioning and everything yeah. over and above that we can give back into the community. Yeah. It's still a business. We're still here as a profit and loss enterprise, mm. but our philosophies are a little bit different. You know, It's not about how much money can we make, you know. Hey, what's the biggest problem that you see when you go into houses? It's still the same old problem that we've probably, you know, been that's been going on for the last ten years that I've been sort of in this industry for not quite ten years. But it would be lack of insulation, lack of uh, good heating, um, lack of the house being sealed up enough, whether that's through curtains or drafts. So yeah. insulation, heating, cold and drafty. Yeah, and 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 in that case, um, adequate income to overcome that in those sort of houses. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it comes down to the the the, uh, the people side as well, not just the the structure of the house. No, no, a big chunk of it is probably the people side, and it's really. That takes us back to, you know, the free advice. It was kind of giving that list to people so that they realised that they didn't necessarily need to go for the biggest investments out there. They didn't necessarily need to jump into HRV and think it, it was going to solve all their problems. They could yeah. possibly pick away at little things. Yeah, well, it's interesting you hear you mention the, the things like the draft proofing, which I think a lot of people are pretty unsexy and, and unglamorous. But mm. it's, like you say, insulation's... It's a big step for some people. I mean, a typical house, you're talking two, $3,000 to, to insulate it properly? Yeah, you are. In Tauranga, we're probably lucky. A lot of our um, houses in Ewer, so they're sitting on um, concrete pads. Right. Which means that we're only really looking at ceilings. Yep. And, and yes, you are. You're looking at you know a couple of thousand dollars. It's a, it's a lot of money. Whereas and, and, and I getting some draft proofing and some... Um, some uh, rubber seals around doors it's probably a couple of hundred dollars and, and a weekend that's right and 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 it's and if they feel that difference they, they and you've you've gone through the other issues anyway and you've given them a, a journey or a map you know and, and also not about sort of going out to the nearest pawnbroker and selling everything off yeah. to the nearest putting it on your visa and being yeah. put you know if you can teach them the financial side as well and how that all works they yeah. They can focus a little bit, and you know, or matching them. You know, the thing is, is that matching them up with the right organisations out there. You know, that right. could be that they should be going through DHB, and we can right. match there, or it could be under still the warm up New Zealand sort of um, toned down. Um, yep, with some uh, other assistance. Yeah, yeah. So because we don't have any. Um, vested interest you know our vested interest is them and the best outcomes for them yeah 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 and, which again uh, is it, no, i think another one of your competitive advantages is that you're genuinely there for people not to make it make a sale yeah that's right yeah, hey yeah. now you came across my inbox um this week because you're you've put it put something else out there in the world tell us a bit about your current campaign and um how people might might be able to get involved with it? Well, generally, you know, we try and help householders where we can. Um, and we fund it out of our own sort of, you know, income streams. Yep. 
But more recently, we, you know, winter's rolling upon us and, and we're coming across people that are falling through the cracks. They're living in, and they could be rental homes or their own homes, but they're living in cold, damp environments. And, you know, they're kind of scared. The winter's coming again. They remember spending time in hospital last year or a lot of time off work or their kids are off school. Yeah. So we have come across, you know, a house, or uh, um, and there's lots of others, but this one came to our attention, and we thought, well, we really need to help. So being an older house that has a, um, a very damp ground, you know, rising damp, yep. a lot of people just don't realise under the average house you've got 200 litres of moisture rising every 10 days. It's going, you know. 200 litres. 200 litres. It's you know it doesn't all go in the house. We have ventilation under the house, but a lot of it still goes up there. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we wanted to deal to that deal to um, damp proofing the ground. We wanted yep. to put insulation under the floorboards, and we wanted to put insulation in the ceiling yep. to try and provide these people with a home that is a lot more comfortable and healthy for them. And unfortunately, because of the scale of that job, um, and because of the timings we couldn't sort of necessarily just keep saving up until we had the um, funds to do it. So I put a, an email out there requesting for people's assistance to help us um, raise the funds to pay for the stock. We will still put all the product in free and we've still got, we will still probably provide half the product. So we're, um, but we can't do the whole job on our own because we haven't got the funding. So, so this is one particular house. Well, this particular case, this is one we, we've been lucky in, in a lot of cases is to be able to um, match people up, but with the, the correct funding source. But because Tauranga is lucky in some ways, you know, they've got different trusts in that here. But yep. in this case, they fall out of the boundaries. So, in the, the what created my email to people was one particular house. It doesn't mean there's not others, but it just that's what sort of fueled me to um, jump in there and say, well, I've got nothing to lose. I'll just yeah. email everyone and see who comes out of the woodwork with not only ideas but uh, a little donation. So you're looking for you're looking for ideas, connections, and ultimately um, cash, money, donations to help basically just get the product because you, you're you're putting yourself out there and you're willing to you and your team are going to do the installs. You just need some uh, uh, help to get the product there so that um, the job can get done and ideally before it gets too much colder. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. I mean, a lot of the time we can afford to do the insulation. Um, right. But we'd also, you know, it's great if you've got an insulated home, but my fridge is insulated. doesn't mean it's warm. <laughs> yeah. So we have to think about also how can we help them with the heating. Yeah. Um, so, but the insulation is still the first priority because if we don't yeah, get yeah. that insulation right, ah, the rest of it doesn't matter. They'll yeah, turn yeah. the heaters off because they can't afford them. Yeah. So how can people um, contact you, get in touch? Um, where can they find you? Well, they can find us on the web by um, Googling ESO, which is Sustainability Options, so www.eso.org.nz. They could phone us on 7 one eight eight two, or yep. you know, if they they're keen to donate, um, they can deposit some money in our bank account. I'm hoping there will be a bank account number on our website, but I can get um I can 
give a bank account details if they just yeah can. you can give that uh, give that to me and I can uh, I can help uh, if people want to get in touch yes um, that would be awesome and uh, well like I say there, there are lots out there but I really like this idea of just keeping it really simple and and the fact that you've identified one house to start with and you know that might even just spur a bit of um, interest and 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 people's awareness to say that hey this is this is an ongoing problem and you know, we do have this fuel poverty issue in this country, uh, which is kind of crazy that we have that, yeah. but it's the reality. So um, I like the fact that you, you're picking a one house here and, and fixing a, a goal, got a great purpose to, to really deal to that house. Mm. I, I have to say, I think that the key word you said, which is one of the reasons we set up as a company, was simplicity. It was right. about... Is about being able to make a difference without all the bureaucratic bullshit that goes, yeah. on, you know, and just yeah. being able to get on with it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just keep it simple, and everybody helps everybody, and it actually works really well. Yeah. You don't need all this, you know. You do need regulation, but you just—I can't believe it, you know. Yeah. In our case, every dollar donated goes all the way to the recipient, rather than you know only twenty cents. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got a favourite book for us, uh, Phil? Yeah, well, funny enough, um, I thought about that, and, and the first thing that ever came to my mind was The Power of One. Power right. of One. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. that I do. It. That's very fitting. Yeah, it was. I, I couldn't believe it. And, uh, I, I've always loved that book. I haven't read it for years and years and years, and maybe I should do it again, but um, it resonates with me. It really does. Nice. Hey, well, thank you very much for your time, Phil, and also thank you for you and your brother, Nick, uh, great work that you're doing in Tauranga, and I hope that you do have a bigger influence than just the Bay of Plenty, um, and I, I think that by getting out there and others taking interest around the country and around the world possibly as well, that I think that will become a reality. So good luck. Thank you. Uh, and keep in touch. I, I look forward to tracking this project and, and seeing how quickly you can get it uh, up to scratch. Yes, that would be great. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. All right. Catch you later. Bye-bye. Always a pleasure to catch up with people on the show that are so passionate about trying to make a better place to live that they are doing it off their own back and not really sure necessarily how they're going to make a profit in the long run but they just know what needs to be done and they're just getting out there doing it. And that's exactly what Phil and his brother Nick are doing down in Tauranga. Just after I finished recording, we, we continued to chat for a little while uh, about the the project there that Phil's got to just improve this one house. And he was telling me some of the success that they've already had. Um, for example, one uh, local builder has actually called up and said hey look i've got a i've got a half a garage full of insulation and uh, because i was asking phil has he ever considered the uh, going around building sites because i see so much insulation gets biffed out when people are doing renovations or new builds the people chuck offcuts in there and even sometimes half bales of of insulation and sure enough, there was a, a local builder who had done just that, might, might have just used one or two bits of insulation on a job and then stored the rest of the bag in, in his garage and over time built up pretty much a whole house worth of insulation. So um, that's just one way where someone's co- contributed to this 
project and answered Phil's call and will, I think, go a long way to, to achieving that goal of, of um, really dealing to that one house. Phil's also telling me another project they're, that they're involved with, as the word spreads about what Phil and Nick are up to, people sort of contact them and say, hey, look, I've got this resource or I've got this um, idea that maybe you can use. And one of the thing, one of the things that was, uh, was starting to appear around the region were old oil column heaters. Now, they're not the most efficient form of heating, but they're a far better option than someone who's, say, got an unflued gas heater. So there's a bit of a, a project there for someone willing and able like Phil and Nick to take those oil column heaters, make sure they're clean and, and safe and working, also make sure the timers are working on them and then actually take them around to people who are struggling to heat their home and not just give it to them but also show them the importance of using things like the timer and to use it to heat the home but also to be careful about how they how they use it so that they're not going to be faced with um, really expensive power bills. So really exciting stuff and, um, yeah, definitely uh, a pleasure to have someone like Phil who's so passionate on the show and really makes me think about what it is I can do to help people out there and connect with people that do really need to improve the, the conditions that we live in. And, and really that that's most of us in some way. But I really like the place that Phil and Nick are coming from where it's ultimately about helping people. Hope you enjoyed that and got something out of it. If you do, love to hear your comments. Um, bit of a change around on their website recently. I've, I've been having a few issues with the website and slowly rebuilding it. Um, benefit of that is we've got a, a, an updated theme, so hopefully there will, will be some improvements from that process, but bear with me while we get the bits and pieces back together. If you would like some help with your project, I'd love to hear from you. Comments at homestylegreen.com. And uh, let me see if I can help out and give you some advice. That's enough for this week. Until next time, go make a better place to live.